You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. Along with Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Rob, good morning. Good morning, Gary. How you doing? Oh, I'm stuffed. How was your Thanksgiving? Very good. <laughs> A lot of good food. <laughs> That's what it's all about. It's it's you know it's um it's the parade. It's uh, turkey. It's uh, football. It's more turkey. It's a nap. It's more turkey. I mean, yeah, turkey sandwiches. You can make turkey pot pie. You can have leftovers. And sure. I like all the trimmings. The stuffing is my favorite. You know, mashed potatoes, mm. the green bean casserole. The I'm not big on cranberry or turnip, but I hear that that's, you know, people love that. Apple pies, pumpkin oh, pie. Yeah. Oh, man, it's never ending. How was yours? What, did you it say at, at your house or we, did, we, no, did you No, I went actually into the city to my uh, aunt and uncle. How was it? It was great. Uh, couldn't have been better and got a you know chance to see some people haven't seen in a while and enjoy yeah. a little bit of relaxation. Like you said, some football and just... Mm. Good times and a return to uh, at least somewhat normalcy, right? It is my favorite holiday. It really is. It, it's all about family uh, and, and having great food without having to buy all the gifts. You yep, know, so. exactly. Well, what I wanted to do today, Gary, was I've really had a lot of feedback online um, from listeners of the podcast and viewers on my YouTube channel, and it really seems like a big uh, a big commonality is how do we build wealth using a mortgage and mm. really going a little more into wealth building all okay. of the episodes and things we've done along those lines of talking about wealth building are just really well received so i wanted to dive in to the topic of building wealth using a mortgage in all the different ways some unconventional people haven't even heard of all right then let's go there um then what are the main ways that people can use a mortgage to build wealth all right, so I'm going to throw a lot of different ideas at you here, and then we'll kind of dive in sure. a little more detail. So people just think of building wealth in real estate and wealth building ideas and strategies in real estate, but I want to focus in on the mortgage because that's a big part of real estate, right? And you can use the mortgage to actually build wealth in other areas. So number one, which we've talked about before, is doing a cash out refinance or some sort of line of credit against your home in order to buy another property like an investment property or a second home that then will be able to bring in additional income for you. So that's number one. Another idea would be to do a cash out refinance or um, a line of credit against your home to invest in either another business that you have, a business opportunity, an investment opportunity that may have come up, which there's so many right now. Where are people going to get the money? The mortgage can be a huge source of that, especially while home values are going up so much. Okay. Um, another idea would be mortgage acceleration. I know we did an entire episode on that. So mortgage acceleration is all about accelerating the pay down of your mortgage because the more you have an equity, the less you owe on your mortgage, right? As the mortgage balance goes down, the equity balance goes up. So some people are focused in on how do I pay that mortgage off as quickly as possible? Uh, how do I accelerate that pay down, which builds wealth then again in the equity that they can use 
to do these other strategies. Uh, another great one that's unconventional would be a reverse mortgage. Again, done an entire show on that idea of a reverse mortgage because that can eliminate your mortgage payments completely. And the other part, though, is that a lot of people don't realize the reverse mortgage, if structured properly and in a particular way, can also give you a line of credit against the equity. So not only do you get rid of that mortgage payment, which is so pesky during retirement, right? We can get rid of that and then also give you a line of credit against your home to take care of expenses, vacations, anything that may come up, there's no restriction. So that's a big one. It's probably, well, you listen, you would know this more than I, but in, in talking with people, it's the least popular choice. It is. There's a big stigma. Yeah. Again, we've done a whole episode on it, so I don't want to spend the whole time no, now no, talking right. about it, but reverse mortgages have a bad stigma. Um, they have changed in recent years. They're a lot less costly now. They're a lot more innovative. They're a lot less predatory. So I think we need to take the information that maybe was passed down or that you heard about reverse mortgages from years ago. Today, it's completely different. But then again, Rob, I mean, there's also people who also say never use a mortgage to consolidate debt. So why take short-term right. debt and then put it into a long-term secured mortgage? Well, that was the last point I wanted to talk about on using a mortgage to build wealth was debt consolidation. Because um, to me, it's one of the best ways to use a mortgage to build wealth is to consolidate debt. So to answer your question is when people say, and they have that perspective of, why take short-term debt to put it on a long-term mortgage? Well, because they're only looking at it short-term. And the common argument people give me is, well, that credit card, I'm going to have that paid off in a year or two or three. Why am I going to put that on a 15-year mortgage or a 30-year mortgage? If you only think of it that way, though, you're only looking at that short-term. You need to look at the long-term plan and not just the monthly savings. So here's what I mean. We can turn a debt consolidation a refinance loan into a wealth building strategy. And it's all about what are you doing with the money that you're saving? So typically on a debt consolidation refinance, you're going to save anywhere from, I'd say three to 500 on the low end up to thousands of dollars a month. If that's all you do is just take that savings and pocket it, then I agree. A debt consolidation refinance may not be a great way to build wealth. It may not even be a good strategy. Everyone's different. But the debt consolidation refinance on steroids for wealth building purposes is done like this. Consolidate your debt, save $500, $1,000, 2000 a month, for example. Then take the money that you are saving or a portion of that and put that into something that's going to give you a return. Okay, so let's take that a step further. You're saving $1,000 a month by consolidating your debt into your mortgage. What if you took that 1000 a month and gave it to your financial advisor? to put in the stock market or bond market. What if you took that $1,000 a month and put that in your 401k? What would that do? Is that a bad idea now? What if you took that $1,000 a month and used that to make a payment on a new mortgage on an investment property? Now are you starting to see that it's not just about the short term? It's not just about the monthly savings? And I understand people get wrapped up in that. I know that was passed down and it was kind of said, don't consolidate more or don't consolidate debt into your mortgage. Don't take short term debt and put it on long term debt. Don't take unsecured debt and put it on secured debt. But that's the short sighted 
way to look at it. If you're dealing with a pro, someone that understands the strategies and understands just financial planning in general, you can really see that this can turbocharge your entire wealth building process because for most people, their debt, their mortgage is where most of their cash flow goes. If we can get rid of or reduce that, now it opens up these opportunities that were not there before and really creates wealth if done the right way. You know what I get worried about, though, is people who just aren't disciplined. Let's say they had, I don't know, pick a nice, easy, $10,000 worth sure. of credit card debt, and they refinance that and wrap that into a, into refinancing a, a, mm-hmm. a, a new mortgage. <clears throat> and then I got a zero balance on their credit card. They go, oh, hey, I got a zero balance. And before you know it, over time, they're right back up. Not only do they have that $10,000 uh, that they're refinancing. Now they also bigger, have right. credit card debt. So I agree with you. And. You know, I've really made a focus of my practice working with people that have a lot of debt and helping them restructure in these ways. And that was one of the things that I saw early in my career was I'd help someone consolidate 10, 20, 50,000 in debt. And then they'd be saving all this money. It'd be great. But they it, it evaporated. The savings went nowhere. They didn't use these strategies. The credit cards went down and then they racked them right back up. Well, that's the reason why, Gary, these strategies get a bad rap because of that short sighted way that people do it. What I've done over the years to help combat that, to make sure that my clients have another layer of accountability and have more insured success when implementing this is twofold. Number one is when I actually present the strategy and design the strategy custom to that person, we don't just say you're saving a thousand a month. It's you're saving a thousand a month, but if you put that thousand here, here's what you could accomplish. If you took half of that thousand and put it on your mortgage principal, now you'd pay your home off in eight years. We give them that beginning with the end in mind, right? We paint that picture, create the vision. That makes it a lot easier when you know what you should be doing. The way a normal mortgage lender or loan officer will present a debt consolidation is, hey, we can pay off all your debt and it's going to save you a thousand a month. Have a good day. And that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's an easy sale. I'm saving all that money. But that is the unfortunate part of why these strategies, again, get a bad rap because a lot of people were burned and they didn't know how to use these the right way and they did it the wrong way. And then they ended up with double debt, right? The credit cards and the mortgage or that thousand dollars a month. Six months later, where'd it go? They just bought a new car with it or they did other things that really don't help their finances. Um, Another big thing that I think a lot of people are doing right now, especially those getting towards retirement, is that they're taking the money that they're saving on a debt consolidation refinance, which again can be hundreds or thousands of dollars. And instead of looking at investing that, let's put that on your mortgage principal. Let's take a 30-year mortgage and pay it off in a third of the time. How do we do that without spending more than you're spending now? By taking the money you were saving that was going to credit card interest, now we can put that on mortgage principal. That's how you pay a mortgage off in a half to a third the time without spending any more money. So it's really important that these strategies get discussed up front. But then also the second piece of it is I do these reviews continually like we've talked about with my clients. So I do a one-month review. One month after the closing, I check in with the client on their first payment on the new mortgage to make sure that everything we set up is in play. There's no questions or concerns. Usually at that time, they're still in the honeymoon phase, right? They've paid off all this debt. They're bragging to all their friends. Everything's going good. Then I do another follow-up with them at the six-month mark. So six months after the closing, we do an accountability check to make sure, are you doing what you told me you were going to do? Are you taking the money that you said you were going to take and investing it, putting 
putting it on the mortgage, giving it to your financial planner, putting it in your 401k. I have all this notated so I can help keep them accountable. And then we do the annual review at the one year mark to make sure they're staying on track. And if at any of those points, Gary, they have strayed a little bit or don't remember kind of what we were accomplishing, I can help put them on track. I can help make them accountable. I can't do it for them, but I found over the years that by doing that, the majority of my clients that use these debt consolidation refinance strategies, they end up not having debt hmm. years later. They end up on a great track and oh. they're very thankful. So then how can someone reconfigure the term of a mortgage in order to increase their net worth? That's a great one because a lot of people just were passed down to pay off your mortgage as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And if you only have a few years left, why would you refinance? Right. That's crazy, right. Right? right? But there's two approaches to changing the amortization of your mortgage. There's either speeding it up or slowing it down. And like I said, speeding it up, which is fine. Some people want to do that depending on their circumstance. And that would mean maybe taking you to a 10-year mortgage or a 15-year mortgage. If you have longer than that left, that will speed it up. But the only reason that you'd really want to do that is to build net worth by way of equity buildup. Because if you're paying extra on your mortgage, if you're paying it off sooner, you're not building other money in investments. You're simply building up more equity in your home that wouldn't otherwise be there because you're reducing that principal balance. The one that I've been focused, especially lately, Lately on what people are slowing down the mortgage term, extending out the term, even if the interest rate may be a little higher because of the benefits they receive with the increased cash flow and what they can do with that money. For a lot of people, it's a no brainer. I have several clients right now I'm actually working with um, doing this. So these are people that have a shorter term mortgage. Usually I've had people as little as three years left on their mortgage all the way to five or 10 years left. And we stretch that mortgage out to 15 years, to 20 years, to some even 30 years. We stretch it all the way out. And why would we do that? To create the cash flow to enhance the net worth. Just like we talked about with debt consolidation, you can also do this with mortgage term extension because you're taking money that was going to principal or interest on the mortgage. If we reduce that, that's increasing your cash flow to put to investments, retirement, 401k, other properties, other opportunities. There's only so much you can do within your, your budget. And for most people, the mortgage is the biggest piece of their budget, right? Right, of course, yeah. So then can you give maybe a few examples of these wealth building ideas? Sure. So I'll tell you about a couple clients I've worked with just in the last few months that have implemented these strategies. So one client, they consolidated the debt and they cashed out some money as well. And they used the money that they were saving as well as the money that they cashed out to use or to put towards a mortgage on a second home. So what they're oh. doing is they're actually living in that second home part of the year. And when they're not living in it, it's in a vacation resort area. They're actually renting it out on a short-term rental site like Airbnb or VRBO. Okay. They were only able to qualify for that mortgage because they had a lot of debt before. We consolidated that debt into the mortgage, wiped it out. We handed them like $40,000 at the closing in addition to that, which gave them the down payment, right? You need 10% down for a second home. That's where they got the money was this money that was sitting in their primary residence. So now they have all that savings savings. We just took that and applied it now to the new mortgage. So their cash flow is actually even. They're spending the same amount on two houses that they were on one. How amazing is that? Another client that we did a debt consolidation for, they saved $800 a month. Their priority in discussing with their financial advisor was they wanted to have the house paid off by the time they retired. They were going to retire in uh, seven years from that point. So we designed a strategy where they took the $800 a month that they saved on the debt consolidation, applied the entire amount to the mortgage principal, and now their home is going to be paid off 
by the time they retire. They're going to be mortgage-free, completely debt-free. Again, same money they were already spending, just reconfigured the mortgage, mm. gave them that plan of action, and now they know I'm going to be debt-free. Another one was a client that was approaching retirement a couple years away, and they had a really low retirement fund. They had to raid their retirement fund for some medical issues and some other emergencies that had come up over the years. So they were really, really concerned about having enough money in retirement. So I worked with their CPA and their financial advisor, the members of their wealth team, and we came up with a strategy to take their mortgage and extend it out to a 20-year term. They only had 10 years. We took them to a 20-year term. Why would we do that? Because they saved $600 a month. They took that $600 a month, gave some of it to their financial advisor and some of it to their 401k provider. Now they're turbocharging their retirement. $600 a month goes a long way when it comes to retirement savings. Now they actually modeled out the money that they're going to have years from now when they retire, and they're actually going to be on track now, whereas before they weren't. Some people would say, well, Rob, their mortgage went to 20 years, but what good is having a paid off house if you can't retire, right? What good is having that asset if you can't tap it, if you can't access right, it? Right. So we got to look at it from not only the old adages, the things that were passed down, but we also have to look at it as what are your financial goals? That's not the same as your neighbor. That's not the same as anyone else. The last idea that I want to give you was a client I worked with down in Florida recently. She had a paid off home, okay? Oh. No mortgage at all, but she had a really good investment opportunity come up. She had actually one of her clients in her line of work came to her with a great business idea. She loved the business idea. Very astute lady. Very, very smart. And she needed $100,000 to invest in that business to get an equity interest in the business. Where was she going to get it, right? Well, she had this paid off house. So we devised a strategy with her to get that uh, to get that hundred thousand that she needed at a very, very low interest rate, very low payment. So while this business is building, she's in a good financial position. She's not going to strap herself. And with the modeling they've done out on the business, even conservatively speaking, on the profit she'll make from that business, she'll be able to pay that 30 year mortgage off in only five years. Only five years. So again, if you begin with the end in mind, if you use these strategies the way, huh. way, right way, if you know somebody that understands this stuff, you're starting to see the mortgage is the number one opportunity that you have as a homeowner, as a home buyer, to build wealth in your life. Where would a financial or investment advisor play uh, in the decision-making process when deciding what to do with a mortgage? That's a big one because I think when people are you know, starting to discuss and bounce ideas off about wealth building and about right. investing, mm -hmm. of course, a financial advisor, an investment advisor is going to be part of that discussion, right? So like we've talked about previously about the wealth team, we want to really you know, sit down and have a conversation with your financial team. Who do you have? CPA, financial, investment advisor. And we want to discuss different wealth building ideas. We want to talk about the money that you could release in equity. My experience is a lot of financial and wealth advisors, they don't really look at equity as an asset. They don't really look at it as, li as something liquid. They don't really look at it as something that can be used other than when you sell your house. That's it. But there's all these mortgage strategies that can be used that most financial advisors miss. And when I sit down and show them this, a lot of their minds are blown. Like, oh, why didn't I think of that? That's great. And when you show a financial or investment planner how a client can give them an extra $200,000, $500,000 a month to put in these strategies or put in investments, it's a, it's a game changer. So we really want to have the investment advisor and planner look at what is the interest rate that you're going to borrow on the mortgage and where in the market can they get a higher rate than that. So if you're getting a mortgage at, for example, 3.5%, 
where can we invest that money at higher than three and a half percent? Well, look at the stock market the last couple of years. Look at a bond fund the last couple of years. Look at real estate the last couple of years. They're all returning a heck of a lot more than three and a half or even four percent. Okay. That's where the investment planner and investment advisor can really come in is really narrowing down what financial options do we have? What investment options do we have where we could get that higher rate of return? So it's really important that they do get involved. Another thing is, are you overweighted in home equity? A lot of people that have owned their homes for many years, been paying it down, especially if they have a 15-year mortgage or less, mm -hmm. they are overweighted in equity. Maybe they have 100, 200, 300,000 in equity in their home, yet their retirement's only 100,000. Their investments are only 50,000. Why are you so overweighted in home equity that's illiquid and all these other investments, all these other opportunities, you are not in the right spot? I, any financial or investment advisor will agree that that you want to reposition some of that equity to areas that are higher return mm -hmm. and also a little bit more liquid where you can get access, unlike a mortgage. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. You can check out his website at uh, ConnecticutMortgageLending.com. All right. So more specifically, how can buying a home using a reverse mortgage actually help to build network. Yeah, so going back to the reverse mortgage question you had earlier, one of the most unconventional strategies right now with reverse mortgages is using a reverse mortgage to buy a home. No one really thinks about that. They mm. only think of it when refinancing, right? Right. right. So what this allows you to do, it's a huge game changer. Most financial planners and advisors aren't using this strategy, but the ones that know about it are. And what this is all about is leaving more money in the market, leaving more money in your investments, letting your money grow for you instead of putting it down on a home. So their other thing is that there's tax advantages by using a reverse mortgages to buy a home instead of selling investments. Because if you sell a bunch of investments, say in the stock market, there's some tax implications to that, right? You're gonna have to pay capital gains and other taxes on that. Mm -hmm. Well, if we don't touch your investments or as much of them, and instead we use a reverse mortgage to purchase that home, if you qualify to do that, now we can leave more of that money in the market, lower your taxation, and also lower the amount of money that you actually need to buy a home. So people wonder, what's the pros and cons of reverse mortgages and all that sort of stuff? What percentage equity can you get on a reverse mortgage? You typically need 50% down or more in order to utilize a strategy. And it's used to be for 62 and over. Now there's a new program that actually allows some reverse mortgages for people as low as 55 years old. You have to live in the home. But uh, the last thing I want to say on this, Gary, is that what you can do in an example would be you're buying a half a million dollar home. Instead of taking a half a million dollars out of your investment portfolio, paying taxes and not having a mortgage, let's take half. Let's take 250000 out and get a reverse mortgage for the other half. Now you have no mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. You have access to equity. You saved on taxes and your money's continuing to grow for you. Now do you see why the reverse mortgage for purchase is a no-brainer? All right. All right. Well, what about cashing out home equity to buy cash value life insurance or or like an annuity or something. Yeah, I don't like this idea. I know there's a lot of financial yeah. planners that that you know they preach this and how the return is. I've got whole life and all that, and I've looked at annuities over the years. It's normally not a good idea to use home equity to do that because the rates of return and the costs that come with those financial products, they're just rarely going to make it worthwhile. The only exception that I have for that is if you have an estate planning attorney or someone that's actually looking at your financial plan and there's a real strategy behind why you're going to do this from a specific return 
piece, it doesn't make sense because the returns on those financial products like whole life and annuities are typically going to be around the same or lower than the mortgage. So that's not a good place to be getting the money to buy those financial products. Gotcha. Um, see, I got time for one more question here. Talk maybe, uh, let's see, talk about the concept of debt equity and how it can apply to someone who is like maybe financially savvy or right. well off or... Right. Debt equity is a concept a lot of people don't understand. So debt equity is about the fact that the equity in your home and in your real estate has a 0% rate of return. So the home value is going to go up or down no matter if you have all equity and have no mortgage or if you have mortgage to the hilt. You know, the home value is going to go up and down regardless, right? So the equity actually has no return at all. So the idea is liquidating that equity, putting it in other opportunities. Someone that's financially savvy, someone that has a high net worth or well off, where can they invest that money to get a higher rate of return? People that have a lot of money typically got there through investing and through uh, being consistent in their financial life. So it's really a paradigm shift for them to sit down and say, wait a second, I made 18% of my stock portfolio last year. A mortgage rate is only three and a half or 4%. Why don't I just take a mortgage and invest it somewhere? That's taking debt equity with zero return and putting it somewhere with a great return. The most common use is to put it as a down payment on another property like we were talking about or purchase an investment property outright. I've had people refinance their primary home, put a mortgage on it, take out a bunch of equity and buy a house in cash and then have a rental income coming in every month. That's something that a lot of astute investors see as an attractive opportunity. That's what leverage is all about. That's what a mortgage using to build wealth is really emphasized on, is taking money that's at a low rate of return and putting it somewhere at a high rate of return. So I think that when we go towards looking at where can we invest that money more, we talked about stock market, we talked about you know other places, we talked about real estate. Well, nowadays, there's some really high rates of return in some of the crypto space, right? Stable okay. coins, right. Bitcoin, crypto market. I'm not here to advise financially. Everyone's in a different spot, but- Had we foreseen some of the gains that are there, you could have been borrowing money at single digit rates and making hundreds or thousands of percent returns in some of these new financial markets. Everyone, again, got to consult with your advisor to see how much of your net worth should be in those. But I think that's a huge one right now because you could have made enough money in some of those high, highly risky, but also high return investments where you could have taken that money and quadrupled or made many, many times on it and paid your mortgage off in full. I'm hearing uh, through the grapevine that the uh, stock market, uh, thats all. that bubble is going to burst come early spring next year. You know what, you know? Gary, they've been but saying that for years. Is... I always look from the stock market at what's the historical return. I believe the S&P 500 over the last 100 years is like an 8, 8.5% return. Yes, some years are negative, And yes, some years are 20 plus percent. But when you even it all out, it's a very, very good return. So when I'm talking about borrowing against a mortgage or against equity in a property to be able to invest, that's what we mean is, are you getting that average return? It's not short-term money. It's over a long period of time. Folks, you've been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to know more and you want it now, this is what I would suggest you to do. Check them out online at www.connecticutmortgagelending.com. Once again, write this down, connecticutmortgagelending.com. Perhaps you've got a question that you'd like answered. Could be right here on these very airwaves. It's specific to this show. Okay, 
this is not the email address for the business. It's more for this show. And if you're thinking of this question, I would imagine a lot of our other listeners are also uh, have a similar question in mind. So don't be shy here. Uh, send us an email, Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Once again, it's really easy. Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Hopefully get your question answered. Uh, and of course, to make that, oh, that much needed appointment, you know, you've been delaying it a long time. Well, procrastinate no longer, my friends. Write this number down while you're at it, 860-413-3938. Again, I'll repeat that slower, 860-413-3938. For Rob, Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to the Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next week, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.